Hello, Future Tom here. Uh, I'm just editing the video with Stuart and I'm afraid again we've had issues with audio and video quality. Um, I've actually changed platform for future interviews. I'm hoping that will solve the problem. Really not clear what causes it. Um, did all the usual checks. He was well set up. Things worked fine and then you get the video through and we've got some sync issues and some audio quality issues as well. So my apologies. I still think it's a really interesting interview and very watchable, very listenable. Um, but yeah, not ideal. My apologies to Stuart, by the way. Not his fault. Hello and welcome to another episode of DIY EV Chat. My name is Tom Cheeswright. I've made one electric vehicle, um, which still needs a lot of upgrades, and I've started on my second nonetheless. But there's a whole pantheon of brilliant people out there who've built their own electric vehicles, one or many, done it in lots of different ways, and people seem to be curious about it, so I thought I'd interview some of them. And my guest on this episode is Stuart Dean, a man who's made, well, some very interesting cars of a type, or vehicles of a type which are very much in demand at the moment. Uh, welcome to DIY EV Chat, Stuart. Thank you, Tom. It's good to be here. So let's start, actually, I'm going to start with, just tell us about what you've got in your fleet of vehicles at the sure. moment, because I think they are, um, the number of people I know who are trying to build something a bit like what you've got. Tell us about those to start with. Okay, uh, currently uh, the van that I use on a day-to-day -day basis, I use for work, it's um, Transporter T5. I converted it to electric, I think it was about three, four years ago now, and I've uh, been using it on a daily basis for work. I've used a Siemens uh, FPV motor, and um, in the end, I used a, a Scott Drive inverter, Nissan Leaf batteries. Um, that's the work van. The other vehicle that I'm just really starting working on now is an RT5. Um, it's Caravel. I'm hoping to make that four wheel drive. Very cool. Now, I'm, I'm getting some slight audio issues. I'm going to hope that it's sounding all right uh, on the recording. It probably will be because it records it locally. But let's crack on. So you say you use that for work. What is work? Where do you sort of develop the skills to do something like this? Um, well, a lot of work for me on a day-to-day -day basis is repairing small electric vehicles. So I've made leasing. Um, but the main skills that I use for work are Oh, wow. Yeah, Not for hanger by any chance. <laughs> no. Um, I work for uh, Bob Watson. I work for uh, Blatchford's in the end, uh, up at Headley Court. So, yes, I did that for a couple of years. Um, that was good. I only ask because my dad worked for hangers. Yeah, very yeah no. <laughs> I, I know some people who work for hangers as well. Um, yeah. It, it's, it was a good, it's a good industry. Um, it gives you a lot of exposure to different materials and techniques. Um, so I'm always thinking in the future of maybe making battery boxes out of uh, composite rather than metal. Um, could be a good way of doing it. So yeah. another, another way of doing it. So that's a possibility. Um, Definitely. Yeah. 
so you had a bunch of you had a bunch of mechanical skills then and sort of engineering experience yes yes um and alongside that i also had a workshop at home when i was about 16 mum and dad bought me a lathe so yeah they've always encouraged me uh, making things uh, learning to weld uh, and all of these things was sort of stuff i did really from school age so yeah i can, I can sort of weld now <laughs> i've got enough practice <laughs> It's one of those lifelong projects, isn't it? Learning to do it well. It, well, it is. It's, it's not something that comes easy at all. And it's the only way you can get better at that is practice, practice and practice, practice. Um, there was a lovely engineering company. Yeah, I need a lot more practice. Well, there was a great engineering company I went to and they let me take the metal out of their bin. I welded it all together and then threw it back in their bin and then took some more metal out. And I, I got a lot of practice for very cheap, really. It just cost me a box of welding rods because that was half welding. Uh, yeah, I start, you know, make friends. It's, it's, a, it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm finding that. This is one of my favourite things about this community is I keep making friends with useful people and uh, who keep uh, sort of pointing in, in new directions as well in terms of equipment and, and kit and people who, people who fill in the blanks in your own skills are very useful as well. Yeah. Um, there are bits that I'm, you know, I wouldn't say good at yet, but I'm useful at and there are bits that I'm not and it's, it's good finding a people who fill in those blanks Absolutely. so when did the um when did your sort of interest in electric vehicles come about what what sparked that if you'll forgive the yeah part? well i i start i started years ago i was very interested in using um biodiesel and stuff to you know run the van and and try and save some money and the rest of it but it was a bit of a bit of a faff it was, it was horrible dangerous chemicals but then as soon as i realized that electric vehicle could uh, electric van in particular from for my particular application was a thing you could you could possibly do that um i got quite excited by that because uh being able to, there's nothing like being able to charge it at home being able to charge it potentially off solar um uh, you know it's absolutely a fascinating subject and you can actually do a lot of it yourself if not all of it if you've got the skills of course if you're very electronically mm. minded you can you could go a very long way with all of this, as people have done, um, like Marty Brimmer. Yeah. You know, wow. yeah, if you've got friends who are. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, absolutely. He's kind of the uh, you know, the ultimate DIY EVer, really, isn't he? He went from you know, making his own BMW in his garage to uh, probably the world leaders in terms of uh, automotive EV technology. It's quite an impressive journey, and he's still yes. upsettingly young. <laughs> Yeah, he is, not he? It makes me feel like an underachiever. It's like Elon Musk. He's done way too much, hasn't he, really? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the OEMs are going to, to him to actually find out how to build electric vehicles. And he's behind a lot of the, the advances that the OEMs have had to get them mm. as far along as they are. And 10 years ago or so, he was, yeah. he was building DIY vehicles. So, yeah. This needs to be encouraged. Well, if, you, if you're listening, Marte, I would, I would love a drive in a Navara. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would too. <laughs> I would too. I'm up for that. So, 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 what were your first steps? So, the first car you converted was a van you were using, uh, sort of, a, you know, a daily driver. That was a, a diesel. Was it a diesel T5? It was a diesel T5. It came to me as a diesel T5. It was broken when I bought it. I actually bought it as a, a sort of salvage. Okay. Um, it, it was not damaged, but the engine was kaput uh, quite badly. Um, 
I opened the bonnet and, and looked at the rocker cover and basically all of the, well, everything was broken. The cams were bent, so <laughs> it had a bad time, <laughs> a pretty bad time. So I whipped that out and within the space of a couple of weeks, I actually had the uh, Siemens motor bolted onto the gearbox and hanging on a frame. That was, for me at least, that was sort of the easy bit. It was everything else that took forever. Um, I tried to go down the yeah. DIY inverter route and it was early days and they were Janus boards and it wasn't his fault or their fault or, or Damon McGuire or any of those, those people's fault. I wasn't up to the job, quite frankly. That wasn't me. Um, so in the end, I put that to one side and went for a, a, a built inverter and uh, that, that, that definitely was the uh, right way to go. For me, at least. And you say it was a Scott drive? Yes, I've got a Scott drive in there. Um, it's a 100 kilowatt Scott drive. You know, the funny thing about electric vehicles is you think, oh, yeah, I'm going to need loads of power because you worry that it's not going to be that good. 100 kilowatts in that van is absolutely crazy. You don't need you don't need that sort of power. <laughs> well, coming back from the MOT, uh, which is a terrifying experience, you know, because you've not driven this thing before, you don't know what it's going to do. And uh, on the way back, yeah. I was accelerating out of slip road and at 40 miles an hour, I span the wheels. <laughs> so it's like properly, you know, like lit them up. So, oh, bloody hell. <laughs> so <laughs> I talked I talk to uh, the well, guys I, I, drive and they calmed it down for me. And it's, 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 a lot more, uh, it's a lot more usable now, yeah. But, yeah, performance wasn't really the issue. I, I've but, just dropped yeah. 120 kilowatts worth the motors off at my uh, at my workshop to put in a bmw z3 which so i imagine that's going to be quite lively it's, it's going to be exceptionally crazy yeah absolutely it's going to be a weapon yeah that'll be, <laughs> that'll be absolutely ballistic i hope so i mean again i might have to detune it myself just to make it a bit more sensible I think that's meant that's meant to be made in my winter car as well <laughs> you don't want to do you know sort of like uh, go through the scenery backwards it's just it's not as much fun as it sounds been there I've done that. <laughs> did a bit of that. <laughs> that was another. And where did you source the motor from? Um, that actually came from EVTV um, back in the day. Uh, oh, okay. So it, I think it did quite a round, big round trip because I think it probably came from here and then went there and then came back again. But uh, so yeah, that that wasn't necessarily the cheapest way of getting that motor. Uh, but it was brand new, still in a you know, it never been fitted to anything. It was straight out of the packet. So I thought that was a good way to go, get a new one. Wow. Yeah. Um, it was expensive, but I, I bought motors uh, since, uh, the bigger uh, Siemens motor out of a bus. Uh, it's an 800-volt motor. Uh, so we'll have to get rewound to 400 volts probably. But, but that thing is uh, monstrous. It's had a life. It could do probably new bearings going in it. But it was a £1,000 from Germany. Uh, sort of out of scrapper, so you can get them cheaper. There are ways of getting hold of them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and then batteries, you went down the leaf route. I, I did because it was it was all I could get hold of at the time. You sort of like I've got this this thing that nearly goes, and I need the battery. Um, I looked at Tesla's and eighteen grand for a battery pack sort of killed me a little bit. It's like no, I can't, I can't spend that sort of money. Although that's really the answer. 
Um, so yeah, I went to uh, Trent's our local scrapyard, and they had uh, a Nissan Leaf. So I grabbed the battery from that and fitted it and got it running. And once I had it running, I realised it wasn't going to give me the mileage. That gave me 50 miles of range, but that wasn't enough. So I ended up putting a second Nissan Leaf battery mm. from Trent's again. They had another one, and uh, putting that in in the back of the van. So. And now it does about 100 miles range without any uh, particular fears. I've, yeah, I've done 107 miles in, in one day in it, of one charge. And what about for charging? Are you just you just charging at yes. home or do you have it set yes. up for, for out and about? I, I've, well? only got, well, I've only got a 7 kilowatt charger in, in the van. I, I found that I can charge at pod points, so Tesco's is quite handy for charging. Although at the moment they seem to be oversubscribed, uh, every time I go to a pod point or a te- at a Tesco's, um, there's cars everywhere uh, queuing up to use it. So um, yeah, that's I used it once when I went on my longer journey of um, the 107 miles because uh, I was I was a little bit worried about getting back, and I gave it a sort of quick blip for half an hour. It didn't do a great deal, but it made me feel a lot better, and uh, you know, I came back again. So. Yeah, it's all good. So it does a hundred miles. Yeah, I think with, I think range anxiety is more of a thing with DIY EVs than than off the shelf yeah, ones. Perhaps. You don't know how good your meters are, do you? <laughs> it's like, is this meter accurate? You know, <laughs> is, is it is it really bad? Or, or or in my case, at the moment, I don't have one. Yeah, that that could be an issue. <laughs> that that could that could cause a certain amount of anxiety. Yeah, I've got a very cheap meter in, in the current van, and it was. It was like less than 50 quid i think it was and it's really good it counts the power in and out i wouldn't say it was you know you wouldn't you wouldn't um you wouldn't uh, bet your life on it but uh certainly the voltage mm. side of it is quite you know accurate and with the nissan leaf cells the voltage slope seems to uh <clears throat> be quite sort of um it's not it's not you know like go along and then fall off the cliff it sort of does have quite a nice sack sack to the uh to the voltage right so I don't yeah unlike the bmw cells which sort of dr- drop off incredibly sharply have a long plateau yes. and then just die yes that that could that could be an issue couldn't it you know you, you, you're plowing down the motorway I, I, i've only box. been stranded once <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fortunately, I only ran. I ran out of battery just around the corner from the house, but I've only done it once. So yeah. I've got a fairly good handle on where I can get to and where I can. I not. did that once and came home on a flatbed, and the lorry driver thought it was hilarious. Why did you bother? You know, all of all of that sort of stuff. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. I had to uh, just, yeah. It was. It was. Um, I wish that hadn't ever happened. There we go. It did. So. <laughs> And tell me about the second project. Tell me about the Caravelle. The Caravelle, well, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping this is going to be a, a four-wheel drive uh, camper van uh, with long range. So I want fast charging, um, CCS. And I'm looking at batteries at the moment. I'm looking at every option, really, from getting cells direct from uh, China and building my own and... Um, Wow. Well, it's it's an option because um, it's it's no more difficult really than putting the um, the leaf cells in, in 
the current van. In actual fact, in many ways, it's easier if you need to parallel them. It's 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 much more straightforward. Mm. Those thirty kilowatt uh, leaf batteries are a bit of a pain because they're they're sort of Siamese to the actual uh, cells, and paralleling them. No, right. it doesn't really work. So I end up with two separate battery packs, which isn't the right way to do it at all, really. But it works. It's fine. Mm. Um, so that's 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 sort of you know work in progress. And it, so that's in the garage. That's in the workshop now. It's in the workshop. It's in the back garden. It's in the back I work outside. Okay. I <laughs> work outside in the cold and the rain. Uh, I have different overalls for different weather conditions. So yeah, I, I do duck, you know, ducking in and out of the house in the workshop, and it's not that bad. It, it would be lovely to have a workshop, you know. I dream of having a workshop and a wood burner on the go, and you know, but no, I don't have that. So I go with what I've got. Um, my garage and shed are full of tools, so no, <laughs> it's, it's not going in there. And being a van, of course, it's a it's a big thing to accommodate. So yeah, I just jack it up outside. Yeah, I've just been at. I've just been at my workshop today. The person who's coming in on uh, in it with me is building a, a very large camper van off a, an old Mercedes platform, a pre-Sprinter Mercedes van platform. So we were doing a lot of measuring up today to make sure it's actually going to fit through the door. Most importantly, not on the way in, but on the way out when he's built it. Yeah, yeah, that could be a thing. Uh, having to take <laughs> wheels off and drive it out on rims would be, uh, yeah... <laughs> Or, or just take the garage down around take it. Take the garage know. down around it and rebuild it. Yeah, that's, that's been done before, I'm sure, yeah. Now, my my next question is a, a sore point, and it's one that your most recent video on your channel was about. You've done three videos about this now, is yes. the current range of challenges that anybody with a post-2001 conversion is currently having with the DVLA. Well, not anybody, it seems. Uh, based on the freedom of information request I saw today, oh. but lots of people who've converted a post a, a car built between 2001 and 2017 are having issues with the DVLA. Right. When you let's go back, rewind to when you first converted it. Did you have any problems getting it re-registered as electric at the time? No. I before starting the project, I wanted to know what I, what I was in for, so I actually contacted the DVLA and said, "Look, this is a you know if I do this." You know, convert this van to electric. Will it? Will I be able to register? Will I be able to drive it? And the answer came back, yes. Not in writing. That was a phone call. So it took quite a long time to get through to somebody. Right. And then I did the deed and converted the vehicle, and I got to a point where it was definitely, you know, electric, and it was nearly at the point of turning a wheel. So I thought, right, I better get this registered because I knew it wouldn't be quick. Um, so I got mm. me V5, filled it all out for change of um, fuel and sent it off. And I got letters back sometime afterwards. It was, it was quite a long process. The whole process was about four months and a lot of letters back and forth, a lot of back and forth. We need pictures, we need this, we need that a bit before and after. So. I had some pictures of it before, so I sent the pictures with the engine in, and then sent a picture of it with the electric motor in, and various other things. They wanted to see the basic structure of the van, that it wasn't changed, so like down the sides of the van, which didn't make a lot of sense, but I, okay, fine. 
So I did all of, I did all that they asked and sent all these pictures off, uh, printed hard copies, not necessarily digital. And um, yeah, so I did did all this paperwork back and forth, and eventually, after a lot of toing and froing, um, finally got the thing registered and a happy day when the V5 came through the door and it uh, said fuel type electric, uh, mission zero. So that was that was a good day. I felt like I'd achieved something. It was a bit of a fun. And then the bad day. Uh, the, bad, <laughs> the bad day. The bad day was Friday. Uh, well, you know, things. I was. It wasn't. Things weren't going too smoothly. And uh, I opened this letter, brown envelope letter, and uh, it was. Uh, oh yeah, we've uh, convert. We've uh, we've changed the fuel type of your vehicle in error. Um, <laughs> please pay us hundreds of pounds. It's like, oh, cheers, thanks for that. Uh, since then, uh, they've, I've actually had an email back saying, no, you don't have to pay the back tax because it was their error. So there's that. That's, That's good. very good. That's very good. Um, but where that's all going, we don't know. But there's a lot of people making quite a lot of noise at the moment. So, you know, bothering uh, MPs, or myself among them. So hopefully we're going to get somewhere with this and uh, get our logbooks changed back to electric like they should be. Um, it would be nice not to pay any tax after making it electric. Let's face it, none of us have had any grants from the government to do any of this nor have we asked for them, I'm sure. Um, no. It would just be good to get it get it sorted. But I, I have I have had one bit of correspondence today that's been, hope, well, hopefully if it all comes to bear. Uh, there was a problem with changing the fuel type on the logbook meant that you couldn't then go and MOT the vehicle because the fuel type was wrong. Mm. So that's a huge one because that basically means my van, anyone else's car, whatever, fine, you're driving it now, but as soon as it comes to MOT time, it'd be scrap. You'd have to throw it away, or what the hell do you do with it? Mm. Well, so I... I <laughs> Stick a petrol engine well, back in it. Well, it's diesel in it. They're asking for it, at least. <laughs> well, that, that was an option that I did look at, which is tragic. <laughs> that is not the way to do it. So, yeah. So, anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, basically, basically, I've lost myself. Basically, basically. <laughs> so you can basically you can get it MOT. You can, yeah. Sorry, you can get it MOT. What you've got to do is um, get the MOT station to change the fuel type at the point of booking in the vehicle. Now, obviously, you can't just go and demand that the MOT. Uh, station does that. Uh, another option might well be to take it to a ministry, or they're not ministry anymore, are they? But a bosser. Take it to an actual main bosser yeah. place where they do other vehicles and get them to MOT it because, you know, there's no comeback on them because they're the people who make the rules. No. So that, that might be another option for people, but it should be doable at your yeah. local MOT station. Yeah, and just to reinforce that, when I, cause I, I got mine MOT'd before I changed my logbook. Right. Um, my, now, mine's pre-2001, yes. so yeah. um, rather simpler. But 
you know, when I took it for its first MOT, um, the mechanic, hello, Jimmy, if you're watching, I doubt you are. I, doubt, I can't imagine he does YouTube. I'm not sure he he's, does the internet yet. But, um, but you know, he just, I watched him and he just, just changed the fuel type in the system to electric. Yes. And it just changed the set of tests he had to do. Yes. Um, it was very, very straightforward. As long as you knew, as long as you know what you're looking for. Um, so yeah, so yeah, don't you? Know, you can still get it MOT'd. Um, you're at the moment your logbook may be wrong. You may still be paying tax yes. on it, um, but at least you can get it MOT'd and drive it. Which exactly, yeah, is a start. It is a start, you know. Um, yeah, but none, nonetheless frustrating. It, yeah, it is. It is. It, it, it was like one of those um, nightmare scenarios. You think this can't actually be happening, can it really? <laughs> so, but here we are. It is, and it's happening for a lot of people. What? What? A, what about insurance? Um, has insurance been difficult at all? Uh, more expensive, yes. Um, there's one slight problem because it's a van, and I'm using it for work every day, and it's sign written or what have you. Um, you have to insure it properly. Well, you have, you should, you must insure it properly. So I did, and I've insured it through Adrian Flux as a commercial vehicle or as a vehicle used being used for commercial, you know, purposes. And uh, it's about mm. twice as much as it would be for uh, insuring a diesel vehicle. So that's the only real big expense. Yeah. Same for me. Yeah, mine, mine's the same. It? So it's because it basically doubled my insurance from what it would have been. Yeah, there. I don't think that's really the end of the world, uh, really. Um, no. Uh, I mean, even if you had the tax on it, it's still a load cheaper. Um, I, I think I worked on out that my old diesel's van was costing me about 26 pence a mile, something like that. And at the moment, well, <laughs> electricity's going to go up. There's another thing to, uh, yeah, complain about. But at the moment, I think I'm charging at 5p a kilowatt. It does two miles to the kilowatt, so it's about two and a half pence per mile. I don't think that's too bad. Okay. That's a bit better. That's nice no, no, drive. not at all. You know. having, having just put 80 quid's worth of diesel in my wife's bus. Yeah, um, that's not good. Yeah, that? you know, it's yeah, like, nearly £1.50 a litre. It's you know. Yeah. Um, I was putting, when fuel was cheap back when, I was putting. 70 80 pounds easily a week in in the van for work sometimes if you get busy it's twice that so with electric the savings are really very good especially when you're doing sort of twenty thousand miles it really pays for itself yeah i'm not surprised uh, what's been the most rewarding aspect of the project um i think just driving every day i mean i really look forward to going to work i still do and it's been several years it's I look forward to getting in the van and going somewhere, going, going to work. It's, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, you know, it's, it's not so perfect, but it's, it's pretty, pretty close to it. Um, I've got a manual gearbox uh, and I don't have a clutch. So you have to time your gearing, uh, gear changes. So you basically do it before you need it. Um, but no, it's, yeah. it's, it's just great fun. Um, yeah, I think just getting it on the, getting on the road. I think that first getting MOT'd and doing my first journeys in it was, yeah, that was, that was pretty special to be fair. Um, I, I didn't come easy either. Some of, some of the things I had problems with and, 
and it was a bit painful. So to actually get it on the road and get it running, because after getting that inverter, what were the big pain points? Were they around the electronics? Around the electronics, I bit off more than I could chew. Quite frankly, it wasn't. It, with the right help, it all would have worked, I'm sure. But um, yeah, but once I got the inverter and I literally wired it into the van within two weeks, and I was driving it. I was booking in for an MOT two weeks wow. after the, the inverter turned up. Um, yeah, that was a, a much more doable uh, proposition for me. That doesn't mean I wouldn't want to go there again in the future. I think what the guys are doing with Open Inverter is brilliant. And it's, I mean, look what it's, mm. it's I think um, a lot of the classic cars, all the Tesla units, I believe, that they're using... Um, the sort of Dave McGuire's uh, vertebrates in so that's pretty impressive mm. that's pretty impressive stuff yeah it's very cool exceptionally um, what's your favourite tool favourite tool um, plasma cutter <coughs> I mean it, it Ooh. yeah because you know it's plasma isn't it it's it's like another <laughs> state of matter it's like how cool do you want to be you know you could use a laser, we could use plasma, couldn't you, really? I mean, plasma, yeah. Um, yeah, I've got a handheld plasma cutter, and I have I have built a CNC plasma cutter for it to go on. Um, it's been some years. Oh, wow. Worked. Yeah, I did about 20 years ago. I do like the projects. I did that about 20 odd years ago, and when I just had the house, and... Um, yeah, that, that's, that was good. I used to cut metal signs and things with it. And I used to, yeah, do bits of raw iron stuff and things. I've used it as a CNC router since. It's got a, a table I put on top of the actual uh, sort of water bed. And I've got a um, high-speed spindle in it. I can machine things with it. That's another one of my little side projects, resurrect that to make parts for the new van. So I'd like to make all of my own uh, adapter plates I've always made my own adapter plates, but I want to make it on the CNC, and I'd like to make all of my adapter plates so I can share them online, so we can sort of open source um, through a repository like Thingiverse or something. You just go and download one and machine it yourself or get it machined. That would be kind of nice. Yeah, I, I share that ambition. I think it's such a good ambition. I, you know, I really... In- one of the greatest thrills for me the last few weeks has been seeing other people printing parts that I designed for the Prius inverter, um, just sort of, you know, connectors and stuff. And, you know, seeing, seeing people's photos of them, like on Twitter, that they've been, they're printing them something I designed. Yeah. It's just a huge thrill. And so I'm planning to share the adapter. I've got, I've got my, uh, the bigger motor for my first car down here. Right. And I'm planning to share the adapter plate for that once it's done. I'm, I'm nearly there with it. With the design, I'm going to do a rough cut in steel, but then yes. do a design that can be uh, machined out of aluminium. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll share that as soon as it's available. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it, it's it just pushes everything on, doesn't it? Rather than keeping it to yourself. And uh, but the be- beauty of being able to, I bought a laser scanner some time ago, and I've not really used it a great deal. Uh, but when I have used it, I found it to be incredibly accurate if you get the lighting right. So I've scanned a bell wow. housing for um, my current or the gearbox I hope to use on the four-wheel drive van. And I've just started cutting and drawing over the top of over the top of that. 
and it looks like it could work so I want to get the router going so I can probably cut an MDF one to start with and just see if it's if it all lines up and all the holes are right and then after that I'm uh, yeah I'm, I'm working I'm, I'm working on access to a 3d scanner that's because uh, I'd really like to be able to scan the whole engine bay and lay things out yes there. yes um, this one I bought was a ice sense or ice sense and um, yeah great bit of kit but they stopped doing this one it was about 400 quid and they stopped doing it and now their cheapest one is about two and a half thousand you know <laughs> so, so i think yeah. they were selling their technology a bit cheap maybe they thought and um they've made a break there the next one is obviously very professional but the one i've got i've i've scanned some very complicated shapes replicated it with 3d printing vacuum formed over the top of it and then the vacuum form part actually fits perfectly over the part that I originally scanned. Wow. So the accuracy is pretty good uh, over quite complicated shapes. Brilliant. So yeah, it, I think it. I think it's going to be good enough. So yeah. Cool. So last question then: What's your timeline for the Caravel when you're expecting to have that one there? Because four wheel drives interesting. But yeah, it's a bit ambitious. Um, I'm hoping to work on it through this summer and get the four-wheel drive system in it by the end of, well, by the by Christmas. Um, Budget-wise, batteries, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> we'll just see what life throws at me. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty keen to get it finished. I've, I've, I've also been buying inverters, solar inverters, for it, and the idea of using those is to give me mains power inside the van so i won't have any gas or anything else for cooking cool electric i've bought the electric oven already done, already bought that and uh, a induction hob so yeah i've got to get it done now because uh running out of excuses <laughs> sounds like a fantastic project well listen good luck with the dvla hope that all gets Thanks resolved soon for you and for everybody thanks for coming on great pleasure chatting to you i shall i shall keep following the videos with the with interest i'm interested to see how you get on with that with that four-wheel drive and i think you know camper van such a great project especially if you've got that range although that does make the batteries a bit pricey it does yeah i'll just have to swallow that one and get on with it yeah